time is money. Time is precious. Time is finite. If only I could turn back time. I fought the passage of time as I wrote this sermon under the imminent threat of a power outage. Time is one of the foundational aspects of our lives. Working under a deadline, waiting to hear news, either good or bad. Birthdays, paydays, holidays, all mark the passage of time. We cannot escape it, though many science fiction and fantasy plots have allowed us to consider what it would mean to bend time, to retrace our steps, maybe to do something differently if given a second chance. While I don't believe it's ultimately profitable to linger on regrets, who among us wouldn't change anything, big or small, given the opportunity? An unkind word to a spouse or a friend, Perhaps a different choice about how to utilize another resource we're considering this month. Creation, or a relationship, or money. As I meditated on the subject in preparation for standing here and hopefully having something to share that's worthwhile, one particular song about time kept playing over and over in my head. So I googled songs about time, and wow, there are a lot of them. Some I'd never heard, and others that I knew had been left off the list. If music is a medium to express or evoke emotion, I think it's safe to say that people have a whole lot of feelings about time. Fear and anxiety, nostalgia and longing, hope and expectation were just a few of the themes that I encountered while scrolling through the lyrics. This morning's gospel also has something to offer us about time and how it's spent. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus is approached by ten lepers. They ask for mercy. They ask for healing of the affliction that keeps them separate from society healing from the disease that causes them to maintain distance from Jesus along with everyone else. We don't know exactly how long these people had been estranged from their loved ones, unable to work or play or just be with their families, friends, and neighbors. That's the first thing that I'd like to note about time in this story. It doesn't really matter how long they'd been ritually unclean, because any length of time that involuntarily causes separation can feel too long. An argument leads to an agonizingly long night or week or month before the necessary conversation and reconciliation is able to happen. A canceled flight delays attendance at an important event. An illness prevents attendance at an important event. Whatever the case, we've all known the pain of being alienated from the people we love in the places we want to be. Jesus sent the lepers to the priests to be certified as clean so they could rejoin their families and society. This healing and reconciliation would not bring back the time that they lost. 
but meeting the requirement for full re-entry into society was an incredible gift. Restoration of relationship with their families and friends and neighbors was waiting for them on the other side of meeting with the priests. So off they went to see the priests as Jesus had commanded. And on the way, they were healed. We're not told what happened to the other nine who were healed. They fade into the background as the camera zooms in on one man. Instead of completing his journey to the priests so he could return to his previous life, he doubled back to give Jesus thanks. Friends, I have to admit something to you. When I have been separated from my loved ones for a long time, there's not much that will keep me from reuniting with them as soon as possible. I might say a prayer of thanks to God for bringing us safely back to each other, but I confess that I'm not likely to go to as much effort as the 10th leper did. The Gospel tells us that when he realized he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. The Greek word used to describe this man's action after laying on the ground in front of Jesus is Euchariston, a form of the word that we use to describe the thanks we give to God for the meal that we will eat and drink in a few minutes. This story is often cast as a narrative about gratitude. Much attention is paid to Jesus' question about the other nine who are never seen again. And the one who returned is often lifted up as an example to all of us about the appropriate and faithful response to God's goodness and love in our lives. I don't argue with that interpretation. I hope that we are grateful when we see that we have been the recipients of Jesus' healing and sustaining mercy. But when considered as a way to think about the stewardship of time, the story takes on a new depth. I find myself asking, when I last changed course, on the way to something really incredible, to take time to praise God and give thanks for all that God is doing in my life. We live such busy and frantic lives. It often takes several tries to coordinate everyone's schedules for a meeting or to find free space on your calendar to catch up with a friend. We often have to look several weeks out or maybe even months to find time to prioritize a relationship or a task. And we are very task oriented, aren't we? If we stopped to praise God every time we were thankful, productivity would surely decrease. And even more foundationally, if we made space in our schedules to actually meditate and examine our lives for things about which to express gratitude, well, that would take even more time, time we don't have. Stewardship of resources is a spiritual discipline. It's not something that we do accidentally or haphazardly. Spiritual disciplines require intentionality and effort and honestly, making mistakes and trying again. God knows we're not perfect. 
And the really awesome part about that is that God doesn't expect us to be perfect. Sometimes we're simply going to blow right past an opportunity to reflect on God's goodness in our lives because we're going 80 miles an hour trying to do way too many things at once. This was a hard sermon for me to write. I'm preaching just as much to myself, if not more, than I am to you. There are many other places that you could be this morning, many other things that you could be doing. But you have chosen to spend this time here where we glorify God and give thanks around a table, acknowledging that God offers freedom from the daily grind in the fellowship of bread and wine, remembering the extraordinary act that God performed in defeating time and death and separation from love, renewing our bodies and souls to do God's work in the world. In the Eucharist, God offers us time outside of time, time to reflect on God's presence in our lives, time to discern the ways in which God is calling each of us into deeper relationship with God and each other. Time to allow the love and mercy and healing to saturate our very beings. At the end of the story in Luke's Gospel this morning, Jesus says to the man, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Get up and go on your way. God has given us time to love and serve, to be healed and give thanks. Get up and go on your way. God has given us time. Now, what are we going to do with it? <laughs>